Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word that we meditate on this morning is from Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground, and on that very day their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We've reached week four, <laughs> and I can tell you, in, in, in my almost 10 years of preaching God's Word, I don't know if I've gotten more comments and feedback than I have on this sermon series, and it's not even over yet. Um, and, and not bad, but just things that have made people think, uh, and, and been encouraging, and, and made them struggle a little bit but about living in this world as a Christian. We were taking a look at this topic of of a Christian and their relationship with politics and looking at it from all sorts of different angles. Like I've mentioned a couple of times already, these five weeks are really one big five-week-long sermon on this topic, looking at it from different angles, different points of view. And so far, what have we seen? We've seen that government is a blessing from God. It is established by Him. That institution of government is there for our good. Right? Many blessings that come by having a government. We've seen that God calls us to pray for our earthly government leaders, right? And not just the ones we agree with, but all of them, right? That's good. They need our prayers. Right? It's good for us, right, as they govern us and so that we can live our lives in peacefulness and quietness and preach the gospel. Last week, we saw that when it comes to political earthly matters, Christians can have different point of views, We can disagree with each other in these earthly things, and that's okay. And we can love each other even through those disagreements and differences. And today, we see as we look to these earthly leaders and listen to what they promise to us and the laws and the policies that they say they're going to make or change or get rid of, we do not place our faith in them. No matter what the earthly leader is, they aren't going to fix all of our earthly problems. How good it is for us to remember that. I mean, it is true as Christians, we, we, and we are blessed in this country to be able to vote, to be able to have a say in who our government leaders are. There are many people today in our world and throughout history that haven't had that blessing. And so as Christians living in this democratic republic, we want to elect good leaders, don't we? That's a good thing. We want to have good laws and good policies that are good for our lives, but also for the lives of everybody. 
Right? We, we, as Christians, want to elect people we agree with, that we have at least similar viewpoints of, right? That are going to do what we would like them to do. There's nothing wrong with these things. But our faith and our hope is not in these people. It's not in these politicians. And it's not in the laws and the policies that they may make. We don't need them to be our savior. We already have one. But that's difficult for us to, to fall, not fall into that mindset, right? And, and I know we know this, right? I, there's none of you who are disagreeing with this here. But isn't it a temptation for us to begin to put so much faith and hope in people and in policies because, boy, it's, you've been listening, haven't you? <laughs> It's all over the place. It's just being shoved down your throat. The, the campaign speeches and the town halls and the debates and the ads and the articles and the talking heads on the TV. What do you hear? All of these promises about how this person's going to make your life better, how they're going to bring more peace and more prosperity to you, Right? How changing this law, or getting rid of this policy, or adding this new program is going to make life great. They make promises they can't keep. <laughs> promises that they maybe sometimes don't ever intend to keep, just to get your vote. And promises they just can't keep because they're going to be met with opposition over and over and over. It just won't pass, right? And even if they do, it just, does it ever turn out the way you expect it's going to? It's tempting for us to begin to put our faith and our hope in people, in promises that they make to us, in these policies that they say that they're going to pass for us. And maybe that's where we get so worked up, right? Why, why you know, if we struggle with, you know, uh, getting so worked up and angry and, and about politics, it's because, because we're putting too much faith in these people. <laughs> and they're going to let us down. <laughs> it's a fact. They're not going to keep every promise. They're not going to be able to do everything they tell you they're going to do. When we put too much hope in people who can't keep their promises who are sinful human beings, who have their own agendas, we're going to be let down and maybe be led to anger and frustration. The fact is, putting faith in these people, in these politicians, putting faith in policies and laws will always leave you wanting. We don't need another savior. <laughs> we already have one. And so our hope, as the psalmist says, he says in verses 3 and 4, he says, don't put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground, and on that very day, their plans come to nothing. Right? Remember who they are. They're, they're human beings, just like you. Right? They're only here for a little while, just like you. They're sinful, just like you. They are mortal, just like you. Don't put your trust in them. Don't place your hope and your faith in them because they can't fix really what's at the heart of all of the problems that we face in this country. They can't fix them. They can't. 
Because what's at the heart of every problem that we have in this country, at the heart of all of the things we want them to fix, and that they tell us they're going to fix, like all the inequality, right, and the racism, and the, the, the corruption, and all the division, and all the greed, right? What's at the heart of all those things? It's not more policies and laws that are going to eradicate them. They're all sin. That's the heart of the problem here. And there's no politician who can change the heart of people. There's no politician or policy or law that's going to change hearts and minds. It might fix outward behavior somewhat. <laughs> or you've got to comply or you'll be punished. But the root of the problem is not outward, it's inward. Inside every single sinful human heart. The politicians, the world's, and yes, even ours. That's the heart of the problem, and they can't fix that. Putting our hope and faith in politicians and people who are going to fix this world's or this country's problems will always leave us wanting. Don't put your trust in humans. Instead, along with the psalmist, we say, blessed are those whose hope is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He says, blessed are those whose help and hope is in the Lord. Right? Because they're not going to be distressed, <laughs> and they're not going to be worried, and they're not going to be freaking out about what's going to happen on November 3rd, or who's going to be the next Supreme Court judge, because their hope is not in people. Their hope and help is in the Lord. And the psalmist goes on to tell us who this Lord God is. He says in verse 6, He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. This Lord that we place our hope and our help in, and where we find our help, is none other than the one who said, let there be. And six days later, there was this incredible, amazing, mind-boggling universe. That's where we find our help. That's in whom we put our hope. The one who has created all things by his powerful words and still sustains it all by his powerful word. And he is the one who remains faithful forever. The only one who does not make a promise he cannot keep. The only one who will never break his word. The only one who will always be faithful to everything he says. Unlike human beings who make promises they can't keep, who make promises that they don't intend to keep, God remains faithful forever to every promise he makes. And what does he promise to do? The psalmist goes on to tell us what this Lord God, the maker of heaven and earth, what he promises to do and what he will remain faithful to. He says, he upholds the cause of the oppressed and he gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. All right, just in case we start to think that this is human beings' right, uh, purpose to fix all these things and, and make all these things the way they're supposed to be and uh, eradicate the world of problems, five times in these four verses, we're reminded who it is, the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. He is the one 
who can do these things alone. He is the one who can meet every one of our earthly needs, right? He is the one who cares about food for the hungry, who... um, He's the one who cares about the oppressed and watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. He's the one who cares about them deeply and can do something about that. The Lord is. The one who meets all of our physical needs. The one who is there to care for all of these needs. Those who are downtrodden, those who are oppressed, those who are hungry, those who are weak, those who have been forgotten. The Lord cares about them. And the maker of heaven and earth who remains faithful forever is the only one who can do something about it. And you know how he does? He does it by providing food miraculously for us, right? That it rains and sun shines and food just grows. (laughs) But you know what he gives this world? To help with these problems that we see? Yes, government, somewhat. But he gives his people he gives us to the world to be those who care for the oppressed and for the hungry, for the fatherless, for the widow. Right? We get to be Christ's hands and feet to the world. Right? That we're just not sitting here and thinking, why doesn't government fix all of our problems? Well, what about us? <laughs> what are we doing? What are God's people doing to help meet the earthly needs of people around us? God has given us to the world to show his love and to show his mercy and to show his compassion to care for the cause of the oppressed and the hurting and the downtrodden he's given the world the church to go and to show that love and even more than that the lord sets prisoners free the lord gives sight to the blind the lord lifts up those who are bowed down The Lord loves the righteous. He provides for our earthly needs in his miraculous ways and through the government in a limited way and desires to bless the world through the church as we go and show his love and his compassion. But even more so, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, who remains faithful to every promise, says, I set prisoners free. Prisoners of sin and guilt and shame, and death. I set them free. I I come and give sight to the blind, to those spiritually blind, right, who are walking in the darkness of unbelief, who need to see the light and the life and know the peace and the forgiveness of a substitute and Savior. He is the one who lifts up those who are bowed down, who are weighed down by the troubles of this life, who are humbled by their circumstances, and he says, I love the righteous. I bring them righteousness through Christ. Holiness to stand before him now and forever. Friends, it's the Lord who does this. And he does it through his means of grace, through word and through sacrament, where he comes through the church and to the church to proclaim the message of the gospel, to set prisoners free and give sight to the blind and to give righteousness to those who are bowed low. This is what our Lord promises to do. That a government cannot do and should not do. But instead, he comes and through his word meets every single one of our needs. The peace we need with him. The forgiveness for every sin. The joy of an eternal life waiting. Right? A new purpose in this life to live for him and to live for others. 
The Lord comes and does this for us. These are promises he makes and promises that he always, always keeps. And because of this, dear church, because of who our God is, and when we put our hope in him, and when we find him to be our one and only help in these physical needs and all these spiritual needs, we're led to lives of praise. Look again right at the beginning, verse 1 and 2. He says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Our lives are ones of praise. (laughs) When we know who is our help and in whom we place our hope who will never let us down. Now maybe you think, well, this psalmist must not really know what life is like in 2020. I mean, because what's there to praise God about, right? You look around. Well, let me tell you what was going on when Psalm 146 was written. This was written uh, as the exiles are coming back from Babylon to Jerusalem. And what they've seen and experienced was seeing their homeland destroyed because of their sins, being exiled thousands of miles away, living in a foreign country, and now being sent back thousands of miles away and not knowing what they're going to find, what's going to happen, who's going to lead them, what's going to go on. You think we're living in a time of uncertainty and chaos and questions. This is when this psalm was written. And the psalmist says, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Why? Not because of the circumstances of our life. Not because we don't have any troubles or any problems. But we praise the Lord as long as we live because of who he is. And what he promises to us now in this life. Every blessing for our bodies and for our souls. That he alone will provide them for us. The word here for praise from from the Hebrew is the word that we we really transliterate into English is hallelujah. This is a hallelujah. Our lives are to be a hallelujah for who our God is and what he does for us and the promises that he makes to us. And not just right now, but look at the final verse. He says, The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Our eternity will be a hallelujah as well. It will be praise and honor and glory to God forever. And don't forget that, dear friend. That as we go through the struggles of this life, as politicians let us down, as policies and laws don't do what they say they're going to do and maybe even harm some people, right? When we've lost our faith and our hope in people, remember who your God is. Remember who the Lord is, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who is faithful forever, the one who provides every need for your body and, more importantly, for your soul, the one who promises that you'll get to raise a hallelujah forever with him, in his presence, where all this struggle and all the suffering and all the pain here and broken promises are gone, but a hallelujah forever. May that give you strength and courage. May that give you joy and peace as you go. As you go back into the world, as you go back into this world of suffering and division and difficulty, and find your help and your hope in the Lord alone. May God grant that to you. Amen.